Welcome back to No Room for Phonies. Uh, this month, this part of the month, this September 15th, <laughs> we are going to talk about communication and communication That's between cool. home, school, kid. And I went back and forth on all kinds of titles and I finally decided communication is a two-way street because that really is what describes what should be happening in school between parents and kids and, kids and, and, teachers. and teachers. But before we get into all that, we are way behind on our Cocktail of the cocktails month. because August was so hot. We never did the Frankie, the Frangelico and Kahlua and Irish cream and cream and hazelnuts. So it's getting cooler now, though. Friday night, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And then... For September, we have the full moon, which is two-thirds of a cup of cold espresso, half an ounce of white rum, half an ounce of Kahlua, a teaspoon of sugar, a half an ounce of cream, and cloves and cinnamon. That sounds like a really good yeah, September. Yeah, nice. Much better than pumpkin spice. Yeah, much better than pumpkin spice. Not a fan of pumpkin spice. It's okay. So um, for my book recommendation, I'm saying... Who doesn't like a book series? Absolutely. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> so I wanted to introduce people to The Lady of the Rivers by Philippa Gregory. It's the first in the Tudor novel series. And she has tons of different Ooh. series. All historical okay, fiction. Pam hasn't told me about this series yet. I read The Lady I of the really, Rivers. I really, really, really like historical fiction. And this so is Tudor, about the Tudor, the Tudor era. The Tudors are, I don't care what era, I'll read okay. any of it. So anyway, this is Philippa Gregory. She is very prolific in her writing. Nice. So, But anyway, so I would recommend her. And then for the podcast, um, there's a podcast called... What podcast? You mean the recommended podcast? Yes. Oh, okay. There's a podcast called Keep It Fictional... That's my phone. I thought we turned the volume off. I thought off. we turned it off. Anyway, we're going to now. Um, it's called Keep It Fictional. And it's a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. So you read your to-be-read... Um, That's nothing important. Good. Um, you you um, build your to-be-read like list, which I always have a list for every month. With Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corrine from the Port Moody Public Library. So the podcast contains strong opinions and may increase your library holds list. <laughs> so that's great. Anyway, um, so for this month, I did 10 tips, 10 back to school tips that I put on social media. And right. so if you've been following along to go with the question that I had for last week, so this month's question is, what are the best after-school questions to ask your child? That's so great. I'm going to post a bunch of them. And what so, do you do if your child says, I don't know? You don't ask that kind of a question. <laughs> you don't allow ask a question that allows them to oh, say, I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to post some questions. So teacher-student-family connection. Um, what should it look like? And I went kind of through daily, weekly, monthly and then I got into some more stuff about just communication being a two-way street. So how can com can teachers communicate? Blogs, email, phone calls, agendas, communication books, websites, phone out, notes, apps, meetings or interviews. Text was on the list that I had read, mm -hmm. but I wasn't a fan of 
giving well, my personal there are, self. There are home. websites that uh, encrypt phone numbers so that teachers don't know parents and parents don't know teachers' cell phone numbers, but you can text. So anyway, I just had a, at one school, I had a lot of teachers that just texted parents and I Directly, was, not yeah, and I wasn't great. a fan. They were kind of more friends. So and as I said, I've said this before, good news comes in writing, although it's a great phone call to make, but bad news always comes in person. So if you've got something like bad to tell a parent or mm-hmm. you shouldn't open up your child's agenda and hear that, see this rant. No. And if you do that, that's a problem. Make a photocopy. Um, you should know exactly how you will be kept in touch with. So that information should already be home with your child. You should have an email. You should have a website hookup. You should have all that. We're into week two of school now. Yeah, every, everybody yeah. should have that by now. So and so then um, what should happen every day is if there's a physical journal, which a lot of kids have, um, take the time to sign it. It should be signed by the teacher. And every so often, write a little thank you or an encouraging word in it as a parent. And mm-hmm. that will, well, you'll make sure the teacher's actually looking at it. Yeah. So <laughs> how is homework communicated? You you need to know that. And that should be happening like every day. You if kn- that's the type of teacher it is. Well, but there should be like some kind of feedback on a blog or a website that you and your child should take five minutes a night to check every night. Oh, that'd be interesting, considering so many teachers leave school at 3.30. If there is a place for comments on work or a reply about something that is needed at the school, just make sure you do it. Like, reply. Be a real person that exists out there, and don't make teachers feel like they're communicating into a vacuum because yeah, that, that does would happen. Be frustrating too. Because that's frustrating. Because then you're like, well, I send all this stuff. Nobody ever responds. Never. Everybody, you know, no one says anything. Mm-hmm. So um, children who are struggling in any way can have a daily communication book, and there's lots of ways that that can be set up. So if you have a child that's struggling behaviorally, emotionally academically, whatever, and you would like to set up a communication book with your child's teacher, I would be happy to help you do that. And it doesn't have to be just your individual teacher. There can be part of the bigger team, yep. like educational assistants, yep. the, prin- the principal. And whatever. whatever, but you can have a you can have daily information. That is quite easy to do. Yep. And there's a little checklist that you can include and all kinds of different things that don't make it as difficult for the teacher. Mm-hmm. So what about, those are daily. So what about weekly? Some teachers do send a weekly update and that's really helpful, but I think you'll find it's pretty rare that a teacher sends like a little newsletter weekly. Mm -hmm. But reminders and things should appear on a blog or a website once a week. Yeah. Like reminders of things that are coming up. You should see a sample of your child's reading progress, writing and math at least once a week coming home. Mm-hmm. If something's not coming home that your child has completed at school, I would be calling. Like, and it doesn't mean marked. It just no. Means it just completed means and maybe some feedback. Take this and, home and show it to your mom. I want yeah. everybody to blah blah blah. So there should be that should happen once a week, and you are encouraged to keep a log. You as a parent 
using photos of contacts with your child's teacher. So if there's something written in the journal, take a picture on your phone and put it in a file. Don't rely on the agenda being there because they get lost right. a million times. And so you mm-hmm. say, well, the teacher said this nasty thing about my kid in the agenda, and now the agenda's lost, and I don't have it. Or the teacher said this wonderful thing about my kid, and now I don't have it. Mm-hmm. So take a picture of everything that comes home as far as information, like even a newsletter. If I was... Yeah, well, then, you, and then you think now, of it when you're at the grocery store, you can quickly... Go and check the newsletter yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, they should all be coming home by email as files that you can save in a folder on your desktop, but not always. The not case. always. If the teacher sends home something that requires a decision, it is perfectly okay to take some time to think and ask questions and schedule a meeting or a phone call to review or ask questions. And you can use your judgment. Some things do happen spontaneously or at the last minute and so you might have to rush your decision a little bit but for the most part everybody should be at least a week or two a week at least a week and i'm talking even about things like the teacher says um i need to put little susie on this special program for reading Mm -hmm. and you go whoa wait a minute i need susie to start seeing the lrt and you can go whoa like Mm -hmm. It's fine, and I'm not discouraging you. Any extra help your kid gets is fine, but you should know what the issue is. Mm -hmm. So they're having trouble with this, or they're having trouble with that. Like, you need to understand it. And and so feel free to say, well, I would really like to talk with you about this further. Can we set up a meeting? Do you have time right now to explain to me Mm -hmm. what you see as the issue? Can I have some work samples so I can see what you're talking about? Like, don't just, you you have time. There's always time to take a breath and not to overreact and just to learn. You know, communication to me is about understanding. So if you are communicating to understand, that's one thing. If you are communicating to reply, that's a whole different thing. So, and building trust between the teacher and the parent comes through, and the parent and the teacher comes through regular communication. And if you feel you're not getting enough information from your child's teacher, it is perfectly okay to ask for more or to ask questions about your child's progress any time. It doesn't have to be at that one 10-minute session that they seem to give now that to go with your child's report card. I know. Which is a joke. 10 minutes to talk about a whole term's progress. We used to give 20-minute interviews. I know. And then still we had some that I would double up because I had more to say. So, you know, especially if you're taking time to ask um, your child questions and and find out how school is going. Like if you have a conversation with your child every day about how school is going, then you have things that you can ask the teacher. That's right. And you can do that at any time. So that's kind of the weekly thing. Every month you should see some kind of newsletter, whether it appears online or whatever. That calendar. Calendar that outlines... Um, upcoming curriculum and events and due dates and other important information laid out in a sort of a calendar form with some extra information attached. And you should see a portfolio or rubrics come home with completed units at least once a month in something, science, social studies, Mm -hmm. reading, math, 
Like there should be a unit completed and you should see some results. And if you don't, red flag. A monthly phone call initiated by you or the teacher, I think, is important. Whether your child is going doing swimmingly or not, just have a little chat. Oh, I was just thinking about you. You know, it can be just, uh, you know, I've been thinking about you today. I'm just leaving this message to, and email's better, I think, because in some ways. But the, the other thing about email, you have to be careful because things get interpreted, right? right. So whenever there's an of, issue. You can't hear tone of voice. No. So, so it's better a to. A quick use. five minute phone call, you say, everything seems to be going great with little Georgie, but I, you know, I just wanted to thank you. He seems really happy at school. Is there anything you need? Mm hmm. That's a great one month monthly phone call. That's 10 phone calls a year. I think you're, and I know times 20 is, but there's, there's also 20 um, school days every month. Like you can call your child's teacher. It's not, or, you know, and if you're lucky and you pick up your child after school. And if you're in Ontario, Canada, they get paid enough for this. Yeah. So. No, you're awfully snappish tonight yeah. um no but and the other thing is if you have the bonus of picking up your child after school sometimes you can just have that quick conversation kind of once a month and feel but i mean i personally if i was a mom right now and i had kids in school elementary school and high school i would be scheduling it into my book that i call it my book my list of things to do to keep in touch with the teacher I put it in there so I didn't get all lost track of time and yep. not get it done. And then, so that kind of gives you the sort of the outline on, and when should you call your child's teacher? I've just said whenever you, said you once feel. A month. <laughs> once a month. But in no, between what that, criteria should there's some do, criteria. Yeah. If you see or feel your child is struggling with reading or math or writing or any other area of learning, a quick call to the teacher is is important, very important. If you feel that your child has some kind of difficulty with focus or self-control, if you see your um, your kid having trouble with some things that other kids do more easily. Right. Or if all of a sudden you notice different behavior popping up. Or you hear of different behavior. You see a test score that looks very low or where they've missed a lot of things that you thought they should be able to do. That might be a sign of like test anxiety mm -hmm. or some sort of thing like that. And if you see maybe a lack of motivation about a subject that your kid normally loves, maybe there's something going on. Or lack of confidence or that idea pardon me, that they don't want to go to school in person or wherever, mm -hmm. or they're getting angry or frustrated easily at home, or they, they come off the bus kind of ready to explode every day. Because they've because been bottling it up. Bottling it up. Waiting until it's safe to let it All out. that feeling sick, complaining of a stomach ache, and even you've had the conversation, you're, they're getting extra help, and you still don't feel that they're kind of catching up if they're struggling with homework if you think they're having some kind of trouble with another kid whether it's bullying or just an in you mm -hmm. know a few incidents so there are things that are what i would say red flags that you need to get on the phone right away yeah. and talk to your child's teacher about it and then take the time to tell your child's teacher about health conditions 
I had some situations where parents hid things, right? Because they somehow didn't want the school to know. And it was a bad idea. Like, we don't, we're going to, you know, so tell your, you know, they are co-parenting with you in a lot of ways. So tell them about the health conditions that Mm -hmm. exist. Tell them about family issues. If grandpa died or... Um, grandma's in the hospital or auntie somebody something happened or there's a divorce or there's marital conflict you don't have to go into every detail but at least to know there's some stuff happening here um sometimes with kids all of a sudden they're behaving really badly and you find out the family has got their house up for sale and is thinking of moving and the kids are upset because they don't want to leave their school personality traits or behavior issues if you're worried about like if your kid has tantrums at home you should tell the teacher um what their strength what you see as their strengths and weaknesses or their learning styles their study habits you know like they could send home something that they figure is going to take the child a half an hour to do and they they bring it to you in five minutes that it's done and there's no teacher that should expect you to know how long it's going to take. How long something's going to take. So, Or the opposite, where it takes four hours. You know, or if, or if every time there's something assigned, there's a big dramatic crying thing, or they're crying over their math, or their whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are things, special interests. I used to love it when a, a parent would say, oh, my kid does horseback riding, or my kid, you know, is very talented at painting. My kid... You know, all those little things help the teacher to know your kid better in yeah. a more personal way. And 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 can relate or draw the kid into the class discussions or make yeah. a reference point if they're reading a story that talks about that. Like, There's all kinds of mm-hmm. reasons. So make sure that, I don't know why I'm yawning so much, probably because I'm tired. We did a big... I've yawned twice already too. Yeah, so. so I'm just more tired tonight than normal. Um... And then there's always the, you're expecting a bit much from the teacher. I mean, I think teachers should be doing a lot to communicate with their, you know, with but their But they are family. human. Many but, have their own families so, and their own home yeah. crises and stuff. And you want, you want to encourage a balanced yeah. life for sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I made up a, a few questions just to ask yourself if, you're, if you're kind of getting too much. agitated with your child's helicopter ish. So ask yourself some of these questions. Am I expecting my child to be age appropriate and responsible? Like, am I Is that too much to expect? No, but if you're calling the teacher because your child isn't eating their lunch or their child oh, isn't well, this no. or their and, child. And they should, they're old so, enough to eat their own lunch. Or they yeah. went outside without their hat on or they did yeah, something. Yeah, no. Like, um, are you expecting your child to be age appropriately responsible and right. do the things that are there? Because teachers aren't there to call. No, and they're and uh, you know I've been through this in other podcasts. Am I listening with an open mind to both sides of the story? So I used as to parents, say our children can do no wrong, but we know that that's not true. Yeah, and I always said to um, parents in jest, you know, when they would say, oh, I can't believe he told you that about our house or whatever. And I would say, well, I believe half of what they say about home if you believe about half of what they say about school. (laughs) Because it's true, right? The story that I remember saying to kids, 
What are you going to tell your mother when you get home? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, are you going to tell them what actually happened? Or is it going to be opening the door and crying and drama and everybody's picking on me and then I get the phone call when we came to an agreement here? Right. Right. And I, I encourage them to go home and talk about what happened, yeah. but in a truthful way. Yeah. Taking their own set of responsibility for it. Um, is my kid getting enough sleep? Are the routines in order? So sometimes kids fall apart at school because things are not very organized or, you know, things aren't happening well at home. They're not sleeping or eating yeah. or it's been a crazy week. We all have those or your weekend was out of control and a little phone call or a little something to the teacher. So-and-so is really tired today. We had a big weekend and then everybody takes a breath, right? Um, do I allow the teacher to have a, a reasonable, balanced home life, not going crazy at night and sending an email that you expect an answer to at 11 o'clock at night? Well, no. Well, boundaries. I know. There are lo- I had <laughs> lots of emails that could, not the best idea to send an email upset and it's not the best idea to send an email late at night. No. So, you know, make sure you're thinking those things through. Do I really know my child and do I accept their strengths and weaknesses? Am I okay with saying that my kid isn't at the top of the class and have I got a status thing about school and mm-hmm. my kid and I they have to have A's and they have to be on the basketball team and, and get an they honor have at to, the, yeah. uh, what a certificate at you the know am I good with understanding what they're good at and I mean I, I tried to be really um, good at school at assemblies at honoring kids that were improving kids that were good at all kinds of different things rather than just the academics. But mm-hmm. I did honor the academics because yeah. those are those kids have stuff too. And am I willing to do my part reading and writing and ensuring that the health and behavior concerns of my kid is addressed? Like whether homework comes home at night or not, you can read with your child. Absolutely important. You can write lists. You can do all kinds of things. And do I believe without question everything my child says about school? Or do I wait to see if there's another perspective? Because sometimes I'll come home and say, oh, this happened and my teacher told me to shut up. And I'm like, really? Your teacher told you. And sometimes it's true. Right? And but usually, children, I'm going children to tell report you report how they felt, not necessarily what the actual words were. And I'm going to tell you that if that actually happened, it will be a rare walk through the fire that you'll actually, someone will admit they told your kid to shut up. Yeah. So maybe just get over it. Say, so, and sometimes I've said to teachers. Sometimes the kids were uh, pushing and pushing and yeah. pushing. Yeah. Well, and. I mean, That's professionals not an are professional. professional, but I have said to a teacher, I have said to teachers before, this is the report I received that you said this to the child and that isn't exactly appropriate. So I would hope I would never hear that again. Because you're never going, you they're going to deny it. Of course so rather than trying to it. demand justice, how about re- requesting a change in the pattern for the yeah. future? Right. And you can also say to your child, well, 
I think mommy and daddy have had a bad day every once in a while and told you to shut up. So I think you'll live. <laughs> right? Yep. Like, that's not the worst thing. If they slug you, okay. If they, you know, and I don't say that, and I'm not excusing that behavior. I don't think it's good. And if it continues, if they come home every day and say this, mm-hmm. then you're making an appointment with the teacher and the principal and you're talking about it. But a few one-offs and a few bad days aren't a reason to lose your mind. So how can you be the best partner with your child, your child's teacher has ever had? So one of the first things is the respect of always approaching the teacher first with the problem. Your kid is in your teacher's class. So when you boomerang over over their heads, I mean, I felt that as a principal. I liked it when I was respected enough that people came to me instead of, you know, putting their foot on my head and going to the superintendent or the director or whatever. Mm-hmm. At least give them a chance. That's respectful. And make sure that your child is empowered and give them age-appropriate strategies for problem-solving. They don't have to rush home with everything to you. They can actually go to the teacher and talk about an incident or an issue and solve it right there at school. It doesn't even have to come home. Yep. If your teacher called for every little thing at school, that'd be a lot of time on the phone. And don't stand in the parking lot and gossip. I was thinking about that. The gossiping in the parking lot, the talking with a teacher of one of your child's siblings about mm-hmm. your other child's teacher, mm-hmm. like comparing notes. Um, yeah, no gossip. No. Keep an open mind. Show gratitude and always ask before sending stuff in, especially food. I've come with 75 birthday cupcakes. Yeah, oops, peanut butter. But today we're going, we were just about to have this really serious lesson that I need to get through so that the kids have this. Oh, and they can't be sugared up. and And I got a little, like... I always did the birthday pencil and the singing and the little hat and the star and everything. But do we really need to have more cupcakes at school? No. Like, aren't they having a part? Most kids have a party. That's all about status and making your kid popular amongst the other kids. Yeah. I just, I think. Not necessarily. I mean, it's okay, but it's just whatever. Just rethink the motivation behind it. And be positive and approach issues with. How can I help? How can we solve this together? And understand what's going on at school by reading and staying informed and attending school meetings and going to events and so that you really actually know what's happening instead of just hearing it in the parking lot or surmising it or whatever. And being on parent, I was on parent council the whole time my kids were in school. And yeah, it was well, very important. And when you, when I talk about a parent council, I could have a school of like 400 families and there'd be 20 people at the parent council. That, that's ridiculous Yeah, to it's me. terribly low numbers. It should be. At uh, even at high school, I was disappointed in the turnout. Yeah, it's, uh, and that's just, and then you complain. Well, and yeah, all the all parents do is complain, but they, they would have had a voice at the meeting. Look for ways to promote your school in the community and do some added value to to the school life look for ways to add value and if you say don't have to money, the principal then it's time you, yeah you can donate say to the principal oh um summer's coming you have this flower bed would you like me to buy a whole bunch of 
perennials or annuals or something and then the kids could plant them. Don't arrive with a truckload of plants, but have conversations with people and mm-hmm. do things that are added value. Would you say surprises are not necessarily the best approach? Not really, not. No. There are too many you, things that can well, go Well, and you don't know what's already been purchased or yeah. done or whatever. Now you arrive with whatever. Yeah. And I was vol- always very explicit about what I needed, but some places are not, right? No. So, mm-hmm. And then finally, ag- accept and embrace at-home learning and work on ways to enhance your child's ability to be the best version of themselves. Don't just dump it all on this. Well, at school, you know, I'd have, you're as much a partner at school because you're influencing your child at home and how they're going to be at school. So if you're bad-mouthing the teacher around the table or you're Mm -hmm. doing things like that, that's not helping. And it's the same thing as sometimes we have to work for a bad boss and it really doesn't help us to undermine them. Right. So, and then 10 ways to build trust through communication. Communicate with transparency, no hidden agendas. And always behave consistently. Go, don't go ranting into the school one day and then bring them a $100 gift card the next day. Be consistent with your emotional ups and downs, they just cause people to doubt you. Mm-hmm. And also it's important to be interested in the aspirations of the teacher, what the teacher's goals are for the class, for the lessons. Yeah. Um, ask, questions, ask questions, listen. listen. Yeah, it's about understanding. And take responsibility. No excuses, no justification. If your kid messes up, they fess up, they take responsibility. You don't try to get them out of it. You look for, you know, and if they have to take responsibility, if they have to apologize, they should apologize. Like, just do it. And another key thing is shame. Don't shame in the communication. So no yelling, gossiping, belittling, mm-hmm. calling no, names. No, it's, it's, and that's, giving nickname, that's the Giving respect. nicknames yeah. to the teachers. Or the kids. Or the kids. Um, clarify emotionally and mentally how you expect to be treated. You can say to a teacher, I really don't appreciate you talking about my child in that way. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to, we're going to stay on the positive end of things and under promise and over deliver. That's a nice quote. I love that. Do what you say you'll do and keep your word. And if the unexpected arises, make sure the other person knows I was supposed to bring 40 cupcakes for the kids to decorate tomorrow, and now I have the flu. It's not going to happen, but it's a conversation. So don't, you know, make sure. And tell the truth quickly and with compassion. Say what you mean and mean what you say. I mean, that's a good parenting advice. And focus on intentionally seeking, seeing the best in uh, in every person. People want to be around other people who make them feel good about themselves you you know it's kind of like you get more um whatever with honey than you do with what you're asking i I don't know what the saying (laughs) i can't remember what the saying is but it's kind of that un what is that unconditional um like unconditional Oh, I know what, I, trying what, to what think I'm of. trying to think of. It's kind of okay, like it's not helping them, but no, but it's that idea it's that it's not unconditional acceptance. No, but it's un, unconditional good intentions around other people, and because you, 
you always uh, yeah unconditionally seeing the best in other, in other people. people no matter what just trying to do that and that doesn't mean that you're not saying I really didn't like what you did to my kid and I would appreciate you not doing that again but I but in the back of your mind you're not saying this person will never do this properly right you're saying I know this person is capable I know this person can do it so I have unconditionally good intentions around this person mm -hmm. unconditional um, regard something that's regard yeah unconditional positive regard. regard that's it though that's the line so I'm you regard you people positively unconditionally. unconditionally and I think sometimes you need to ask for and receive you know open sincere um, feedback and respond respectfully if your teacher if says to you your child is coming to school tired you don't so, have to get so your guess back what? Up. You know how parents gossip in the playground about teachers? Well, sometimes teachers in the staff room gossip about your kids because the one will have it the next year and they'll gossip about your parenting. And yeah. so, you know, rather than giving them fodder for that, if you ask for feedback and work on things and, and take some suggestions this seriously. This is what I notice about your child at school. They are whatever they Sleep, are negative about reading yeah they are negative about math mm -hmm. what are some things you could do at home to yeah like to me that's mm -hmm. where you sit down and play start playing you know fun games with numbers so your kid gets more relaxed at math yeah or when you make a grocery list with a budget make up prices approximately and and add things up and that's how much so, you want to budget for groceries whatever so i think that I came, I felt like I came up with a good balance of, yes, teachers need to give you information, absolutely, and I'm going to do a whole thing about report cards coming up later, mm -hmm. and obviously that happens, I think, three times a year now. There's a, a one at the beginning, and then there's two term report cards, at mm -hmm. least in Ontario. I don't know what it's like. Everywhere is different. But there are report cards places, so I'm going to talk about that. But um, communication is a two-way street, and those words that we remembered finally <laughs> of unconditional positive regard, yep. I think that would make a huge difference to a teacher, mm -hmm. is to feel that you, um, no matter what previous what experience your kid had, maybe one of your older kids had with that teacher, mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you can't be truthful and honest and call people on what is. But yeah. if you treat them like they are capable of improving and being and doing the right thing and doing the best for your child, I really honestly think that it'll go better. At least for they'll you. give it another try. For sure. So that is communication is a two-way street. And on September 30th, I'm going to talk about differentiation in the classroom for everyone, not just for kids on each end of the, the really smart or the, the ones that are re really smart, the ones that do really well and the ones that are struggling. But um, And when does your child really need an individual education plan? Because okay. sometimes that happens and you're kind of like, mm. no. I, when I went to one school, half the school was on, or almost three quarters of the kids in the school. And I was Well, that like, means they can't be implemented. No. And so I just took it back to 
<coughs> in any school, it should be between 10, around 10% of kids. Okay. 8 to 10%. Wow. So that's a I small I mean, some number. neighborhoods, maybe. A few more, but not really. No. There's okay. a lot of capable kids yeah. in all kinds of neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, yes. Oh, they're always capable. It's Well, yeah. when I worked at Prince of Wales and we worked on writing and reading, mm. their scores went up into the 80s. That's um, right. So they're yeah. very capable. So differentiation is the next topic. And uh, that's good timing because usually this is about the, that's about the time of year when they're implementing Mm -hmm. individual education plans and as usual you can always ask me anything you can if you want a daily communication book for your child remember i'll help you set one of those up but for now that's it communication is a two-way two street thank you for joining us on no room for phonies and we'll see you at the end of september take care